Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries, and today I'm going to be talking about very large monsters. Okay, so as you may have well noticed, Hannah's not with me for this episode, unfortunately. She's at work at the moment. I've just finished for the day, but we haven't recorded anything for a while because our schedules have been totally out of whack and all over the place. And I had a bit of an idea and I thought maybe I can use this as an opportunity to just jump on, maybe talk a bit about how things are going in my games, you know, throw a few ideas out there, see what people think. Anyway, so let me know what you think of this episode. There'll be details on how you can contact us at the end. So in the last session of my Old School Essentials Smoke, and snow campaign the heroes had been exploring this strange dungeon that they'd actually had a sort of map for for ages but they only recently got around to looking for it and it was supposed to mark the location of a treasure cache and they'd heard rumors about other people who'd been in there particularly the last one they heard was some guy who'd apparently recovered some miraculous healing fluid from the area but he'd been chased away by strange and grisly creatures now the player party of three at the moment is suffering because two of them have been inflicted with a disease as in the cause disease spell but unfortunately because the player party doesn't have any healers or spellcasters and because magic in terms of npcs is pretty rare in my campaign they pretty much originally only had seven days to live now they managed to find a friar who managed to extend that a little bit using his herbal knowledge but he couldn't actually cure it and while this disease is in effect no other healing will actually work on them so we've got poor old darren's character that's offed um you may know his brother colin who does a spike pit podcast his barbarian brock montaigne is currently on one hit point and he's been sat there for like a couple of sessions at least darren's been doing an amazing job of like getting involved and still sort of like trying not to just like have him get tonked by something and taken down and we've got rob fitzpatrick's character harp who although he's got a few more hit points is also having to be a little bit careful because he knows he can't heal them until this disease is cured and they've both got a ticking timer of 10 days and if they get don't manage to get that disease removed by the end of 10 days they're going to be brown bread it's game over for them unfortunately so they've been traveling around looking for some way to get themselves healed and hearing the rumors of this healing fluid that this guy had recovered from this cache they went to explore it they found a strange sort of almost like biological seeming dungeon there you know the walls are all smooth and there were stalactites that look more like bone than rock and occasionally the, there'll be undulations through the walls of the dungeon as though it were breathing and sure enough i'm sure you've worked it out by now the actual dungeon itself was a living creature albeit in a state of suspended animation now this living creature in an idea that i sort of stole from babylon 5 the um, the shadow fighters where they use another sentient organism as their like cpu effectively that's why this thing was in suspended animation because its previous uh, pilot i suppose had died when the players went in though them and the henchmen they were attacked by these metal tendrils coming down from the ceiling after they'd already fought the way past some like radioactive undead these tendrils grabbed one of their henchmen plugging into his skull and pulled him up into the ceiling at which point the beast itself started becoming active the dungeon started breathing and very wisely the player characters decided to gtfo we ended the session with this huge sort of spider-like creature a bit like one of the bugs out of the film starship troopers rising up out of the ground with a screech 
and we're going to be starting the next session which is taking place this friday hopefully assuming nothing goes a bit peep tong with them basically stood there as this thing rises up at in front of them shedding soil and debris now the player characters given their current state are probably going to try and leg it but I didn't just want to say, oh yeah, you run away, or like reduce it down to one roll, so I didn't think that was very interesting. And that got to me to thinking, how would I handle a monster of this size? And we're not talking about like an ogre or a dragon or something like that. We're talking about something so big that you can literally walk on it. I mean, we're talking like Sin out of Final Fantasy X, that sort of thing, where you're not only fighting the creature, but you're fighting on the creature because it's that big. And this made me think of an article that I'd seen in my old Fate System toolkit where it talks about multiple zone monsters. If you're not sure what a zone is, effectively it's just a way of abstractly representing a combat area. So instead of breaking it down into a number of five foot squares, you might break it into different zones. So you might have like the street would be a zone, the tavern might be another zone, uh, the building across the street might be another zone. And it enables you to quickly move around and sort of abstract out some of the, the crunchier like tactical elements of a combat. Whether you like zone combat or not is down to your personal preferences. But this idea they had in here was for multiple zone monsters. And as it says in this book, for very large monsters, you can go even further by treating the monster itself as a map with several zones. In order to defeat such a monster, the character needs to defeat each zone independently while navigating the obstacles between the zone. Now, I really love this as an idea because I can already see that we've got this huge sort of spider slash like crab-like creature. So first of all, if you're going to take it out, which obviously, you know, you go for the head, uh, as uh, Thanos was fond of saying in the uh, the recent uh, Marvel movies. But to get there, first of all, you've got to get to its body, which involves climbing up its legs because they're the only thing really in contact with the ground. Then you've got to get onto the body, get onto the head, and then destroy the brain or the CPU or whatever. So in order to do that, we could split our creature into a number of different zones so effectively we've got the ground as one zone above that the legs above that the body above that the head and in order to progress upwards towards the top of this creature you have to move through these zones defeating whatever obstacles there are on the way and i've been thinking about how i could potentially do a different mix of obstacles so for the first one, I was thinking they're climbing onto the legs. The legs of the creature are in motion because it's moving. So I think some sort of attribute test or something like that in order to like maintain your balance and keep a hold or maybe some sort of climb check to avoid being thrown off. Obviously, if you do get thrown off, you will take some dice of damage because you're being like thrown a great distance down to the ground. This could be great for a rogue or a thief or something like that. Once you've got up that level, you're onto the body, which is armor-plated. So whilst you can directly attack the body, it's going to be extremely difficult because of the armor. And I like the idea that I saw in the Cloverfield film, where there was the huge monster, and it had all of the sort of weird like, little parasitic sub-monsters that came off it. So perhaps I can do something like that. You know, there's some parasites on its main body that the player characters have to best before they move on to the next area. And they could just be reskinned giant spiders or insects or something along those lines. And finally, when they reach the sort of head of this beast, they will need to deal not only with its fanged maw itself, 
and whatever other defences it has, but they'll also have to get to the, the unfortunate sort of pilot, in inverted commas, this person who's sort of like being used to animate this creature against their will, and then disconnect them or kill them, which, given that they're effectively just a sort of severed head plugged into a load of metal tentacles powering this beast, might seem like a bit of a mercy killing. But I do like the idea of... Since we've had a combat in the sort of body area of the creature, rather than it just being a straightforward combat, you're running and you're like, oh, get the broadsword, and you slice the tendrils, and you free the CPU from this creature. I quite like the idea of, you know, maybe you can maybe you can break through to the whatever little remains of the personality of this old henchman of theirs who's now become the CPU of this thing, at least enough to, like, delay or disorientate it. And that would also give people who've got, like, wanted to do a bit more of a role-play solution or maybe have higher charisma and stuff like that, an opportunity to bring that to the fore and get a bit of a spotlight time. So I think what I'm going to do is... I'm going to basically draw a very simple map where I've already got a picture of like the spider-like creature that I sort of clutched together out of a, a couple of different photos using Photoshop. I think I'm just going to overlay sort of different areas or zones on top of it in like a flowchart style, link them up, and there'll be various challenges people have to progress through. Now, obviously, the player characters are quite likely just to turn around and ignore this creature. And if they do, that's perfectly valid. I mean, that's the point of role-playing games. You, know, you can pretty much do what you want if you're prepared to live with the consequences. And in this case, the consequences will be this giant monster rampaging around, trashing bits of the setting and generally making a nuisance of itself until they're probably going to have to deal with it a bit later on and it may threaten something they value. But maybe that's a trade-off the players think is worthwhile because they've just not got the hit points at the minute. Who knows? Anyway, those are my ideas for what I'm going to do in our next session involving this huge sort of child of chaos, this ancient mythic beast that has arose up, almost like a parasitic or a symbiotic type of beast. I'd love to hear how you do larger monsters, you know, like the really huge behemoths in your games, or let me know what you think of my ideas. Have you ever tried zone combat in your games? If you have, what do you think of it? Would you give it a try if you haven't? There's a number of ways you can get in touch to let us know. You can either leave us a voicemail using SpeakPipe or our old Anchor account. Links in the description of this show. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we speak to you again, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming.